ever wondered who and what is shaping Luxembourg? This is your Lux Unplugged podcast with your hosts, Adrian and Thierry. Hi, I'm Thierry. And I'm Adrian. In this week's episode, we are joined by Pascal Bouvry and Roger Lampach, co-CEOs at Lux Provide. Adrian, what can you tell us about today's guests? In this timely episode, we discuss the importance of the data economy and how Luxembourg endeavours to be a fully-fledged European leader in this field with the use of high-performance computing, or HPC. As listeners already know, the Luxembourg's economy has been mostly relying on its strong financial services industry to prosper, which the government now wants to diversify away. Pascal and Roger sit down with us to discuss this whole new computing infrastructure that will bring the entirely local ecosystem to the next level especially when it comes to introducing more artificial intelligence at the national scale. That sounds indeed like a very ambitious plan. What other key takeaways can you share with the audience? So in the first half of the conversation, we discussed the very genesis of LuxProvide, the state-owned organisation that powers Meluxina, one of Luxembourg's high-performance computers dedicated to supporting heavy data-reliant businesses across the country. But more importantly, as this is a technical field, we dive into the subject whilst decrypting all the jargon applicable to Roger's and Pascal's line of business, such as the computing power of the so-called petaflops and what it means, for instance, compared to high street computers. Also, like the space sector, the other next pillar of the Luxembourg economy, the HPC industry will benefit from an academic framework that will train the future of HPC cohort and provide it with the skills necessary to excel in this new domain. What are the highlights here? So yes, Pascal is a renowned professor in the field at the University of Luxembourg, teaching a variety of topics relating to computer science. More recently, thanks to his key contribution, the University of Luxembourg will be spearheading a pan-European master's degree in HPC, this alongside other European universities. Of course, we extensively discussed the attributes of this degree and what kind of profile is required to apply for this exciting journey. All right, let's dive into it. But now, without further ado... Please enjoy our conversation with Pascal Bouvry and Roger Lampach, co-CEOs at LuxProvide. Roger, Pascal, welcome to Lux Unplugged. Good morning, gentlemen. Thank you. Good morning. It's a pleasure to have you on. It's the second time on this uh, show that we're having a couple of guests talking at the same time, well, not at the same time, but with us during a, a recording, but it's the first time that it looks more like a panel discussion. So there's four people on this recording now, so... Very excited about this conversation that we are about to, to have. Here in this podcast, we have a very established tradition. Before we actually dive into the core of the topics, we like to know, or our audience likes to know, who we're talking to. So perhaps I'll start with Pascal. Could you please introduce yourself? Thank you. So, um, so my name is Pascal Bouvry, and I'm now yeah, professor at the University of Luxembourg for a bit less than 20 years, and also start to be acting as CEO or co-CEO of LuxProvide for a bit less than two years. Okay, so I'm Roger Lampach. I'm the other co-CEO of LuxProvide at the moment. So I started this adventure February 2019 and up to end of June 2020, 21, sorry, I was the CEO of LuxConnect and um, had the two positions and now it's uh, LuxProvide only. It's often in, in a lot of businesses unusual to have two CEOs running a business, but it's happened more and more. And both of you coming from a very different background at this stage. So what motivated you to choose this specific and forward-looking career path that you're both in? 
Yeah, I'm coming from a different angle than, than Pascal. So I started my career at, uh, at DuPont in Luxembourg in the minor domain and uh, later on joined Asias Astra in Luxembourg. And from there, I was part of the, the first digital project at RTL Group. So, so the, the intention was to start two pay TV platforms, one for France, one for Germany. The German has been cancelled due to the shareholder coming in and because they had already an activity in Germany. Afterwards, I, I joined a small company, uh, CEL, here in Luxembourg in the industrial domain. And then I was asked for starting up LuxConnect and and um, so 2007 January with my my former boss uh, it was uh, Eduard Wangen we have been in charge to launch LuxConnect to build up data centers deploy dark fibers in Luxembourg and then due to this HPC project I was quite interested in having this yeah hosted in in the data center of LuxConnect so it was not the intention um, to buy the machine and to operate it and and also start a new company. But then our shareholder, the, the state of Luxembourg, decided and proposed to Pascal to join so that both of us uh, should run LuxProvide to start it and then uh, over the time to look for a permanent CEO which, come, which could come in and, and, and drive the company over the next coming years. Okay, so on my side, I've been interested by computer science very early, so I think it was... Uh... I think around 12, and we were playing with microinformatics at that time, Maple 2, and, and these kind of nice toys. And after that, so I, I went on making a, a master in computer science. For the PhD, I, I was already dreaming of making something like uh, artificial intelligence, like uh, some kind of uh, human brain-like uh, program. And I realized that I needed a lot of computing power for doing that. Uh, nowadays, people say that yeah, human brain is the equivalent of something like 20 petaflops. Huh? We, we're going to talk about petaflops maybe later on. And that was definitely not available at that time. So in, in the 80s, I just went for a PhD working on the supercomputers and on uh, the schedulers and how to, to manage these things. That was PhD I did it in Grenoble. And after that, I, I went on for a postdoctoral position for, for three years in, in Amsterdam. And there we were working on, on the network is a computer. And so that was the leitmotiv of Sun Microsystems. So we were trying to use heterogeneous computing to bring more computing power after that, I spent some time in the industry, in the, in the fintech in Brussels, and then telecommunications in Liège. But I, then I went on to, to be a, a first technical director and then CEO of a company in Vietnam that was a joint venture between Spacebell in Belgium and the telecom operator there. And finally, I, I continue to Canada for, for another startup in the telecom industry working for Metasoft that has been next acquired by Oracle. Next, I, I heard about the great opportunity of Luxembourg starting their own university. And I was thinking this would be the, the best way also to have uh, some entrepreneurial attitude, but in, uh, in also academic environment. So I, I applied for the professor position here. I've been acting now for, as advisor for, for the rector in the terms of high-performance computing. And I started discussing around 2008, I believe, with Ministry of Economy that also said maybe this could be useful for, for the market in Luxembourg. So we, we went on with the adventure. We got the European support also. And then, as uh, Roger mentioned, the chairman of the, the board of LuxProvide called me to, to help also setting up the, the company here. In general, the, now as both co-CEOs and, and you know, the journey that you've been on so far, 
what was the actual the pure genesis of this what was the the, the drive for luxembourg to to come up with this idea and what is explicitly its mission over the coming decades in the luxembourg company that you you're part of now i think uh, pascal is the best position to speak from the past because you have been quite early already in contact with the government also on ideas about hpc and if i remember right it was already 2010 around yeah i think even even before that so at that time it was kind of clear for, for the government that data is going to be a really a key and the data economy was the, the the way forward after that we've been adding also the artificial intelligence part at, uh, at the national level and of course if we have these uh, tons of data at some moment it might be interesting also to start processing them and there uh, high percent computing start entering into the game what was amazing is that uh, this, this kind of uh, ideas and discussions we got in, in Luxembourg, we succeeded, or the government succeeded also to bring it at uh, European level. So Luxembourg, uh, Italy, Spain, and France started saying, okay, maybe we should do something like IPCEI, so an important project of common European interest, to put all the countries together into this uh, adventure of high-performance computing and do something like we, we did in the past for, for Airbus. And uh, I think in 2015, the European Commission started uh, investing something like uh, 1 billion euro into this high-percent uh, computing. After that, I think something like 7 additional uh, billion euros on the table. And the, the, the way of justifying why we need this, this money was quite easy because we just realized that uh, the researchers in Europe were, were just using machines that were in other continents, in US or, or China and, uh, and so on. So uh, we said that maybe for the sovereignty of Europe would be uh, interesting to really to have this means here. There were major investments in the 80s, but somehow has been slowed down uh, during that time. While at the same time, Europe was maintaining a very well and uh, established leadership in terms of software. So it was very sad that we, we would have the, the software people, but not uh, any kind of infrastructure to sustain that. So that's, that's really what has been kicking off the, the activity. And, and then I will give back the, the hand to, to Roger. He was one of those betting for, for Luxembourg to have also a, a piece, a major piece in this, in this game. So then uh, it was 2019, due to the initiative from Luxembourg, UHPC had the first call, and the call was for five petaflop uh, machines and, and three pre-exascale machines. And LuxConnect was invited to, to head a, a working group where we did this together with the university, LIST, and also the Ministry of Economy. And we had uh, some help from the Jülich Forschungszentrum, so the research centrum of, of Jülich, because they are quite advanced on, on HPC. And all together, we responded to the call of EuroHPC. And at the beginning, it was uh, not very clear if you could be selected uh, because uh, besides what Pascal has done already in the past in Luxembourg at the university, so the, the university was quite well advanced on, on the use of HPC and also on the knowledge. But finally, we could uh, convince uh, the jury of, of Euro HPC that Luxembourg had the right, uh, uh, the right knowledge on board and also with some help from outside. But uh, also, in our case, it was decided to start up this as a private company. So just to, to mention also that this is a co-investment of UHPC and, and LuxProvide. So initially, it was under, under LuxConnect. 
But as LuxConnect is data center operator and also is renting fiber, dark fiber, as we call it, to telecom operators, it was decided to, to separate the two activities because LuxConnect until now is infrastructure only. And here HPC is really going into IT and also having the right people on board, uh, knowing, developing and, and, and optimizing coding. So that's, uh, that's a, different, uh, a different business. So Lux Provide was established in July 2019, and from there um, we we had to prepare. So as we have been selected as a hosting site together with UHPC to do the investment. So we have uh, been charged to do the procurement procedure. It's a public procurement procedure, but on the other side, Lux Provide will act as a commercial company, and we can go deep in later on. I want to go back to something that Pascal said earlier, and I'm glad you mentioned it, that uh, Luxembourg is, uh, well, Luxembourgers are very modest about what they do, and they don't bang the drums sufficiently abroad to make sure that, you know, the, the, all their efforts are, are being heard further afield. So um, this is exactly why we have you guys on this podcast, and we will make, want to make sure that at least, you know, nationally, we can convey the message and, of course, make sure that the international audience understands where, where we are. So... That's, um, I'm very glad you mentioned it. Before we actually d- discuss the actual benefits of introducing HPC into the local ecosystem and how the spillover effects will be felt over the years to come, maybe for the, the wider audience, and especially for the chair and myself, we are, as you know, not specialists in that field, and we kind of need comparison elements to understand you know, what metrics we're talking about and what are the impacts that they will bring when you fire up an, an HPC, essentially. So... I've been reading that the current devices that are being used in Luxembourg are measured in petaflops, or even in some other countries, uh, there's more than that, but that's for another discussion. So can you please give us an idea of, of what it means? You know, what's for a common person, what can you achieve with a, a petaflop? Most people know gigabytes, gigaflops, megabytes, and, and so forth. But what does it mean in layman's terms, if you were to understand you know, what, what you can achieve with that? Okay, it's not the easy one to, to answer, which is like the number of zeros on, on top of, of, of for this petaflop. But maybe the, the easiest is to compare to the machines that everybody is having. So if you have a notebook, uh, a machine is something like 20,000 times faster and has to, uh, around 20,000 times the amount of memory and storage. And then in order to access the data also, it's uh, around, I would say, 800,000 times faster. So it's, it's really like a Formula One, like Roger used to say, compared to a, to a classical car. So it's a tremendous amount of, uh, of computing power that is there. So it allows us to get bigger problems inside the machine, so to have larger scale problems, to go faster or get more uh, refined models. You know, in, in, in physics, uh, nowadays, everybody's talking about uh, quantum physics, and this is really requiring a lot of computing power. So people are, are working on quantum modeling. If we, we talk about the data, yes, the amount sounds a bit big. We, we say 20 petabytes, but the, if you have a Netflix abandonment, Netflix was already over 60 petabytes uh, one year ago. The Luxembourg Space Agency has already over 20 petabytes of data or storage there. So, so we really see this boom and, and we try to adapt. One of the key things also of, of Meluxina is that we, we, we have not been only focusing on this uh, number of petabytes or petaflops, but really solving problems. So, uh, so we, we have a very, let's say, modular machine that is ready to adapt to different needs uh, because if you like to, to make big data analysis or you like to make a modeling of the weather, it's very different 
kind of hardware that you, you need to have. And by uh, Meluxina, we, we just mutualize all this hardware and, and put it at the service of, of the companies. Uh, yeah, I think Pascal had brought all up, perhaps just for the clarification for the audience. So uh, uh, Pascal spoke about 20 petaflops. So most of the time we speak about the 10 petaflop and the 10 petaflop is the maximum power we could use on the machine, but installed is around 20 petaflops. So meaning that uh, for coming into the top 500 list, this has been done. We achieved a little bit more than 10 petaflops as peak performance. Exactly. So that is, this uh, number of petaflops in top 500 is just a result of a single benchmark. And uh, the single benchmark is not able to take full advantage of our heterogeneous machine. And are there challenges to continuing to increase this or how, how would I understand that? Yeah, I think as, as far as we see, so meaning that if you would be victim of success, of course, then we would further invest. But at the moment, it's a quite powerful machine and this machine is also over-designed for the pure Luxembourg use. So it was clear at the beginning that this is an initiative uh, not for uh, limited to Luxembourg but we are serving uh, the big uh, the, the wider region and also we we are already in contact and this has been also supported at the begin by a German research center which is located in Saarbrücken called uh, DKFE so they are doing research in AI and doing a lot for the uh, automotive domain for for self-driving cars and we have also a special device on our modular system, which are uh, which are called FPDAs. So we think we have the biggest part here in Europe at the moment, and and so that uh, that's very interesting also for other users, which are not only here in Luxembourg. Yeah, and if I, if I may also, uh, if we are victim of our success, we are, we are also ready. We have the capacity to extend the machine in terms of power and in terms of space also. I can see this project, uh, you know, obviously the benefits from a commercial point, but then also, like Pascal mentioned, the academic aspect. And the University of Luxembourg is spreadheading its first of a kind uh, pan-European master's degree specializing in HPC that is launching in September this year. Does any other European university are participating in this? And what makes this program special over potentially other similar proposition across the world, like you mentioned earlier, China and America. Okay, th thank you for asking. I think that, yeah, I'm, I'm personally very uh, proud of, of this program for, for Europe because uh, like the, the effort we did for, for the, the HPC and, and not choosing a single machine for one country to be on, on the top 500, but really to work in, in a network and a network of experts. We have been, let's say, networking on how to build uh, competencies. So the, the idea was to have a prototype of a, a new master degree that would be uh, the reference in terms of uh, HPC. But each single university made its own program based on the existing expertise, on the existing interests. To give you examples, Barcelona has been very well involved into the Montbar project, uh, working on hardware, so they're more hardware-oriented. So Erlangen in, in Germany is more on the algorithmic side and, and so on. And again, with the small Luxembourg, we succeeded to bring all these partners together. So uh, nowadays, we have something like 100 uh, different partners 
We have inside these partners all the European EURHPC centers. We have something like 36 participating universities. And we will start with eight awarding universities. So Polytechnics of Barcelona, Polytechnics of Milan, Sorbonne University, FAU, KTH, UZI, University of Sofia. I hope I am not forgetting one. And then Luxembourg, of course. So uh, the, the idea is not just to say, okay, we, we just want to have one master, but really start defining what would be the body of knowledge for this HPC, knowing that uh, it's been evolving over time, bringing now also all these aspects on data science and so on, and also taking in mind that uh, this is going to be changing also over time, that quantum computing is centering into this and, and so on. So we have all these universities. We, we had 17 countries around the table. Now we've been adding two. I mentioned Ireland is you know, part of the consortium also, and, uh, and Cyprus uh, recently joined also. So we are going to work all together on defining the fundamentals. So that would be the, the first year that all the students across Europe would, would have the same level and the same knowledge. So, we, so when we will say we have a no um, expert having a master degree in HPC in Europe, we will know exactly what would be the level. We will join exams and this kind of opportunities. The, the second year uh, would be on uh, defining what would be the specialities for the country. So Luxembourg will definitely work on this uh, data economy and uh, data and AI aspects where we are defining you know, one semester of speciality around this and, and then the, the students will go for the companies. Uh, should mention also that this, this master so is, is really uh, subventioned by the European Commission and EURHPC in particular. So all the students will have grants that would cover the, the tuition fees, that would cover also the mobility aspects and, and so on. So most of the money is really going to the students. And I'm not aware of any similar initiatives in the States, in, in China or anywhere else. So I think that we might also become like uh, the reference in the field. There are similar initiatives in the fields of software engineering, where there is a body of knowledge being well-defined, but not yet in uh, HPC. And what are the perfect candidates for this program? As you say, you are the reference curriculum, so to speak, but are there any attributes that you're looking for in, in the students that, are, that want to join your program? So we'll uh, take as uh, inflow two different kinds of students. Students coming from a bachelor in, in computer science and st students coming from a more, uh, let's say, uh, generic or other fields of, of science. So it could be uh, biology or physics and, uh, and, and so on. So during the, the first semesters, there, there will be some lecture suited for the two kinds of, of students. What we really like to look for would be a highly motivated students. I can tell you also with, with Roger, we, we start having some of students in, in Luxembourg visiting the data center and, and seeing Meluxina. And this is also a way to get uh, the, the new generation very excited. Huh? So I, I think that what we've been doing in Luxembourg with the space industry and now with the HPC is really get, getting the, the young generation highly motivated and wishing to, to make some breakthrough. And then there will be different targets. And as I mentioned, Luxembourg will be on the data economy. I think that uh, Sofia, uh, for instance, would be more targeting the ones going to make the architectures of the next generation of machines. As I mentioned, FAU might be targeting more the, the ones working on more classical physics and algorithmics related uh, to this kind of elements, taking advantage of yeah, the, the machine and, and, and so on. 
there will be this different kind of output at the end and different uh, workforce. But what, what we are looking for for Luxembourg is definitely a mix between highly skilled, I would call computational scientists and data scientists. As you said, what is important that they have also some knowledge in another domain, because for us it's key that we speak the professional language of, of our customers, of our users, so that we are able to understand what they are looking for and that they will find the right partner on our side who is able to work on their requirements over a longer period. Fast forward 10 years from now, how do you predict Luxembourg will look like thanks to the HPCs? And of course, what sectors in the world will change the most? Good question. So I think that from now 10 years further, we will have more companies and sectors which are really mature to use HPC and to use it not only for for research and innovation, but really also as a tool in their daily tools. So we have some companies where we are at the moment in contact, they would like to use it for being able to develop solutions faster and to yeah to be faster to come up with solutions for their customers already today. But that's really few only which have this already in mind. And and I think over the time that will come. But now to predict which domains will change dramatically. I think that and we are also speaking to lawyers. So lawyers they they are more than aware that this kind of tools and also looking to automated contracts and so on will change their uh, way to to act as a lawyer and that a lot of things could be done by an HPC, just as an example. I was just thinking about the evolution of, of Luxembourg over, I would say, the last uh, decades. So we, we've been seeing uh, Luxembourg evolving uh, like crazy, I would say, coming from farming to steel industry to finance to knowledge industry and in the, the wider sense. What I see also is that the, the, the unique advantage, which is also a disadvantage we have, is, is to be a small country, meaning that we can bring the different actors around the table. As I mentioned, I was just impressed with this push from both government and opposition for, for the HPC and, and data economy and and, and so, on. so there is really a consensus of wishing to make things move and also not to think again about just a single side of the solution, bringing uh, infrastructure with the expertise, with the, the legal aspect and all, the, all of the other aspects uh, together so that we, we can be also a, a very nice ground for, for test beds, uh, for, for checking what would be the next generation of solutions. Uh, you were mentioning, I don't know, uh, the smart cars or whatever we could we could try here. So, so the way I, I see it is, and one of the, the challenges also is to think about this data economy and how the data first has value. How can this come back to to the country also and so on? And there we we are we keep adding pieces to this puzzle. We, we got a different let's say, initiative from the government. We got the HPC. The latest piece is the, the data exchange platform. So that's a new initiative. I think some six to eight ministries behind. And, and again, showing that everybody is, is joining forces on how to manage data from the, the data creation to the cleaning, to the, the storage, to the archiving, to the processing and, 
and so on, bringing data stewards, thinking about data lakes and, and so on, choosing uh, new domains. So I was mentioning this, this finance, I was mentioning others. Now we, with COVID, is really waking us up also on the medical aspects. The university now is starting new medical studies, and one of the, the top projects for, for the data exchange platform is related to Clinova, which is about the handling of, of medical data. Also, we need to be uh, working about security, and this is one of the big concerns also here. Uh, Lux provides uh, security, privacy, the fact that data needs to be processed, but also we need to, to keep the confidentiality aspects, and all this needs to be properly managed and, and, and so on. And again, by, by having the different actors around the table and working together, Luxembourg can be uh, like a role model for other countries. Is it fair to say that... Given that in the very beginning of this conversation, you said that Europe has to do some catch-up work compared to other major geographies like the US and, and China. Is it fair to say that, can we be hopeful that Europe, or even better, Luxembourg, can attract or even be at the source of, of a, a Google or the likes creation? So there are d- d- different aspects. When, when I mentioned that we, we were a bit lagging behind, I was mentioning that the, the fact of having these big HPC centers and, and so on. Now, we are, I think that we are back in the game. We are back in this uh, top 500. Uh, Luxembourg is, as I, as Roger mentioned already, the biggest of, of the small ones, for the biggest of the Metaflop solution. But there will be a new call for exaplophobic uh, solutions. I, I believe France and Germany will join the game. So that we will be back in the, the top five of this top 500. So that's, that's for sure. But for, for me, again, uh, it's not the most important. The most important is to bring solutions, not to be highly ranked, no, no, knowing that next day there will be newcomers and, uh, and, and some. So Europe needs to take the lead and keep the lead. And the investment, uh, in my eyes, and uh, maybe I have a subjective point of view of being this university professor, but I think that the key thing is, is knowledge and, and talent. So we need to think about educating young generation, but also think about lifelong learning. And if we have that with uh, the right set of, of brands here in Luxembourg, and, and I believe that we we are, we are doing quite well, ideas will emerge. And yeah, you said you Google and, and, and some, you know, all these guys at some, at some moment on some campus, of course, after that, they decided to, to spin off. But I'm still hopeful that in Europe and in Luxembourg in particular, this, uh, this new uh, startups and, and spin-offs might also be the, the new unicorns. But it is also widely, let's say, known and, and also the first initiatives are there that it's not only knowledge and, and software, but uh, Europe is also partly dependent on hardware coming from, from the United States and, and from Asia. And there also the European Commission has started a program so that uh, Europe is uh, developing their own processes, for at least for HPC, but also in other domains. So we need to be more independent again so that, that the knowledge which is coming out is also producing new hardware. So that, that's what, you, what Europe is looking for at the moment. And all those programs are, are going into that direction. That In one way, developing an interconnected HPC network where the different players are, are working together, but also developing and with the industry in, in that domain uh, to be able to produce hardware again. Yeah, that, that's a very good point because indeed with the COVID again, we, we saw the default of, of the supply chain and yes. uh, yeah. look, looking for components and begging for components and, and so on. 
So uh, we got the European Processor Initiative. This is nice in terms of defining what will be the new generation of new processors, but we need also to either bring back or start semiconductor industry in, in Europe. And it's not about five to six to seven billion euros, but it's tens of billions of euros that needs to be invested because there, there is a real lack. Very briefly speaking, if there was anything you could change in Luxembourg and that more generally, not only the, in the HPC domain, what would you change? Maybe I'll start with uh, Roger. Good question. So uh, <laughs> I don't have the tools how to do it, but I think what we all see and in all the domains, and it's not, uh, not only for Luxembourg, but we have to bring skilled people to Luxembourg. And we have also to bring people going out from Luxembourg, not studying here in Luxembourg, but going to universities in the different countries as in the past. At the beginning, when they start working, it's very hard to come home to find a flat which you can pay with your salary and also the mobility. And I know that uh, the Luxembourg government is working on this. And it's not uh, just a subject of today, but it was already known in the past. So we hired quite a lot of people coming out from everywhere of Europe. So we have now a team of 20 people and we have uh, 13 nationalities on board. So meaning that for them, some of, of them arriving here, they, even now they don't have a driving license. So then they have to face really public transportation. That's one point. So once we have to attract people to come here, but we have also to keep them. And, and that's very important. And that's one key for the whole economy here in Luxembourg. And hopefully we can bring even more people in. And I think they like Luxembourg. So from the living uh, quality, it's well um, noticed after a certain time that they are here. But the living costs are quite high. I would go in your direction, Roger, meaning that the way we, we deal with that at, at this stage is quite classical. So with a university, I think tuition fees in uh, at the University of Luxembourg are very acceptable. We talk about 200 euros per semester, but cost of life in, in Luxembourg is there. Then we have uh, companies saying, Pascal, Roger... I've been interested by this petaflop. What's about? Yeah, so, uh, so we need raise the awareness to go and explain. And after that, the company needs to have the right talents, to have the right contact point to be able to work with us. So thinking about the global solution, and from what I know, uh, Ministry of Higher Education Research, Ministry of Economy and Ministry of State start also uh, having this kind of thinking about what could be a global solution or, or service uh, solution to that we would be able, uh, when a company is contacting, to say, okay, we will provide you a consultancy, we will provide you access to hardware, but we will also help for, let's say, growing your talents. Ministry of Education is also in the loop. They're just starting a, a new School 42 eh, in, in Belleval mm -hmm. and so on. So that we will really accompany the different corporates to be able to help having the talents, uh, helping for upskilling, reskilling, at the same time that we are we are building solutions. So that's, that's really the... The, the challenge, but I must say it's, it's quite exciting and it's also very exciting to see that everybody is, is pushing in, in that direction too. Well, on a very constructive note, indeed, talent is a key theme that's been recurring with uh, many of our guests. But uh, gentlemen, uh, Roger, Pascal, thank you very much for taking the time to speak to us today. It's a very constructive and very insightful chat that we've had. And we definitely look forward to having you back in the coming months. So thank you very much for the time. Thank so, you so much. It was yeah. a real pleasure. Thank you, Adrian. Thank you, Thierry. Thank you for the invitation. So it was a nice exchange. And just to let you know, so we are two cool CEOs, but at the end, we are only one. Thanks for listening to the Lux Unplugged podcast. Please share this podcast with friends and family and leave us a review on iTunes. Also, please don't forget to visit our website, luxunplugged.com. And see you next time. Mm -hmm.